it's the thrill of your life to catch a steelhead. They're most acrobatic fish. And if you land one and actually net one, give yourself a pat on the back because they're the hardest fish you'll ever land. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Carey. Hey everyone, Angie Scott here with the Woman Angler and Adventure Podcast. We've got a super fun episode in store for you today. You may recall on last week's episode I mentioned that Barb had just gotten back from a steelhead fishing event on the Brule River. She's going to take you behind the scenes from that experience on this episode. It's so much fun and informative too. If you've ever wondered about this type of fishing or like hearing about different styles, you're in for a real treat today. Before we dig into that, we have a huge announcement. Have you heard of Waypoint TV? If you haven't, let me tell you a quick story. So a few years ago, I had an office job where I worked in a room that had no windows. For someone as passionate as the outdoors as I am, that was pretty hard at the time. But I did have a TV in my office, and so one day I discovered that we got the World Fishing Network. So almost every day, I would turn on the World Fishing Network, put my TV on mute, but at least that way, when I looked up, it was almost like I could see outside. Though sometimes it was really tough because eh, about every other time I'd look up, somebody was pulling in a monster fish, and that kind of drove me crazy a little bit. But, uh, so one day I turned on the TV, and that channel was gone. I did some research online and found out that Comcast had dropped the World Fishing Network in Nashville. I was so bummed. Immediately, I started searching to find another alternative, and that's when I discovered Waypoint TV. Waypoint is an on-demand outdoor channel that you can access online on the Waypoint app that you can download on your smartphone or on devices such as the Amazon Fire Stick. So this turned out to be even better in my opinion because I could tune into any program I wanted on demand. Um, They had some of my favorite shows such as Peter Miller's Bass to Billfish, Lindner's Angling Edge, and many, many more. I could basically hit play and binge watch episodes all day long, though I wasn't, you know, actually watching. I was working, of course, but uh, when I would glance up, I could see the, the outdoors and that was pretty cool. Needless to say, I've been a huge fan of Waypoint TV for a long time. They helped me through some really long days at the office. Well, a few months ago, Waypoint started something called the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. This is a network of the most engaging podcasts in the outdoor industry. Shows that cover things like hunting, fishing, adventure, conservation, cooking, in the outdoor spirit and as you know the motto of this show is we're better together and that's actually the purpose of this collective so please take a moment to hop on apple Podcasts, search waypoint outdoor collective and subscribe because i'm proud to tell you today we are now part of that elite group of podcasts You'll get our show plus other top outdoor podcasts such as the Tom Rowland podcast, Fish Strong, which is hosted by the Salt Strong brothers, Joe and Luke Simons, whom you've heard me mention numerous times on this show, as well as Fall Front Outdoors, 
Off Grid with Ralph and Vicky, which is a husband and wife hunting team, and much more. Barb and I are super honored and thrilled to be included in such great company, and we hope you'll support the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, as I'm sure if you like our show, you're sure to find other outdoor podcasts in this network that you're going to enjoy as well. In the meantime, we're going to continue bringing you fresh episodes each week. With that said, let's get you into this week's show. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Woman Angler and Adventure. This is your host, Barb Carey, with Angie Scott back in Nashville, uh, catching crappies. And we're up here in Wisconsin steelhead fishing. Now, steelhead, let me just explain to you what steelhead fishing is. Steelhead fishing is a subculture all in itself. I mean, it's this large, powerful fish that uh, resides mainly in the Great Lakes, and then it'll migrate up the tributary streams to spawn. Some some will resident over the winter in the streams, but the the anglers that pursue these fish are a different breed, let me tell you. I mean, it's uh, not easy, it's rugged, it's the coolest thing you ever saw. I mean, you know, like a lot of times, you know, you go to a shore fishing spot and you're like, oh, look at all the slobs that fished here last. There's litter all over and stuff. You do not see that on the steelhead streams. I mean, it's kind of a combination spin cast, uh, fly fishing, center pin is another method that they use. But it's just kind of this, uh, you know, they have a lot of respect for the fish, a lot of respect for the land and the waterway. And it's really, really interesting to be a part of. And I'm I'm a complete novice, I will admit. Um, I've this is uh, my second year steelhead fishing, and well, actually third year, but the second year I've produced an event for other women to attend and try steelhead fishing through the Fishing Club Wisconsin Women Fish. So I am up here right now in Brule, Wisconsin, uh, by the Brule River that flows right into Lake Superior, uh, about 10 miles down the road. And surprisingly, we're in a tavern after we've fished all day, and we're gathered here. And some of the gals that are here have uh, attended the event in the past, and they caught some mega fish. And, you know, it's that euphoric feeling after a day of fishing where you've done really well. And uh, I I just want to kind of share this story with you, and I want to introduce you to some of the gals that were here and give you their take on their day. And the first one is a a person I've known for several years. Her name is Rita. Rita is like one of the matriarchs of the club. How, like, wasn't that well put? You know, I didn't call her an old lady. I called her one of the matriarchs, you know, and a diehard angler, both uh, hard and soft water. And she attended the um, steelhead event last year, and she's like catching these giant steelheads. And today, the second year in a row, she is like right in there this morning catching a dandy. Rita... Patterson, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Barb. I've enjoyed it tremendously. So, you know, I've talked to you a lot of times in the past, and I know you have a passion for angling. Tell me what it is about steelhead fishing that really does it for you. The beautiful scenery and the river. I don't fish, do much river fishing in Iowa. I live in the middle of Iowa. So I just wanted the challenge of fishing different type of fish 
And these are native fish that live in this stream. They're not stocked. And it's a totally different type of fishing, and that was the challenge for me. Well, I know that, uh, you know, whatever you set your mind to, you kind of really try to be proficient at. And uh, it, it's not, this isn't easy. I mean, there's a lot of casting around trees. I won't even tell you how many times my $5 float, you don't call it a bobber, it's a float, ended up in a tree. And so, you know, really, I mean, and now you're doing one of the center pin rods, which is a little bit more difficult than the average spinning rod. Um, well, how did you do today? Today, I used the center pin, which I was excited to do. I saw it last year and managed to get one. And so um, it's just a completely different type. It's a little bit like fly fishing, but the center pin allows you to let the float or the bobber uh, to go down the stream in a more natural way. And uh, it's there, there are not no drag on it, so you have to kind of stop it with your fingers because it just spins freely when you throw it out there. And then if you catch a fish, the only drag is when you're holding the heel of your hand against the reel while you're reeling with the other hand. So you, you know, you, two years in a row, you've been kind of the star, you know, in catching these giant fish. What's it like to hook up with one of those uh, steelhead fish on the end of your line? To be honest, I'm always shocked. <laughs> uh, fly fishing and this kind of fishing in general, I, I just don't expect to catch something because it's it's kind of difficult. There's a lot of factors you have to think about in setting the float at the right depth and getting all the split shot on in the right weight and, and then getting the right drift down the stream. But once you catch one, they're a pretty good fight. And then getting them in and praying that you, whoever's helping you gets it in the net. So, you know, I will say that a day of steelhead fishing, I know you cast probably hundreds of times. And you, you cast upstream and watch your float um, go downstream and you're just waiting for it to, you know, go under the water and that's it. But, you know, getting that perfect drift is quite difficult. So I, I'm assuming that, look at me assuming, because I haven't caught one in two years, but... <laughs> That when it goes under, it's exciting and shocking, and then you got to really reef on it to set the hook. What does that feel like? Oh, that's great fun. Um, you know, when the float goes under, uh, I would say that nine times out of ten, it's hooked on something, and it's not a fish. But I set the hook on a lot of branches, stones, pine trees, my pants, you know. <laughs> but if the float goes under, you you, you want to be getting, and then you've got it on, and then it's it, it's just really exciting because they're pretty big fish. So one of the things that uh, we're learning in this sport is there's different baits that you can present. One, you know, the old-fashioned nightcrawler is kind of a staple around here. And then uh, there's spawn sacks, which, you know, these uh, trout and salmon come up, and they're laying these eggs, and so you kind of get some of these eggs harvesting through a fish that you've actually caught previously. Thank goodness the guide catches them previously and provides this. But um, And then uh, the natural bugs, which is really a common thing with fly fishing, but the big one now is the stonefly. That's kind of the bug of choice for this time of year for this stream. And um, someone... You know, you find them like under a rock in the stream and it's like, oh, my God, there's a stonefly. It's like you found a nugget of gold or something now. And, and you're kind of uh, you, two years in a row you've had this stonefly experience. Tell me about that. 
last year I was on the last leg of the trip and I had caught two browns and I was actually fishing by myself and I came across a guy and I was standing there watching him and he was catching something every time he threw the line out. And so when he got ready to leave, I asked him what he was fishing with and he told me a real stonefly. He had one left. You cannot take them off of the, out of the park. And so he offered it to me. And it looks like an ugly black cricket with kind of short wings. So he hooked it on for me and I threw it out in the spot where he had been, and I, the third time I threw it out, which is you always think, this is the last time now, I gotta go back in. I caught a steelhead, I think it was 20 some inches, and but I had no net. And so I just started screaming for help. <laughs> and luckily for me, people came down and netted it, and I got a picture. This year, I actually we actually found a stone fly where I was fishing, there was a big log in the water. They liked waterlogged, wood and we hauled it out and it has to have bark on it if it has bark on it you peel the bark back and then you got to be quick because these stoneflies kind of jump out of there they don't want you know they're out of their cover and so I was so excited to have another chance to put a stonefly on and I didn't catch one with the stonefly this year but I guarantee you I'll be looking for them anytime I come up here well I'm really envious, you know. I mean, I have caught one in the past, but I haven't caught one in two years. And I catch big steelhead, which are the same as rainbow trout, in the big lake all the time, you know, in the, all summer long. But to actually catch one in a stream, is there's that's a whole new experience. You're using really long rods, you know, a spinning rod. You know, you get one of these fish on, and the rod is practically bent in half, and it's jumping out of the water. And, you know, it's quite the experience. And... I'll, I'll never forget it. And, you know, it's, there are people that they are part of, you know, they have this addiction to steelhead fishing so much that they will actually travel along the coastline of the Great Lakes because as the water temperature, as the snow melts and the water temperature changes and it runs off into the big lake, it kind of creates this migration of these fish. And obviously, the timing of the migration is different in the southern part of the state than the northern part. So you can actually start in where it starts earlier and then just kind of work your way up to the very northern part of the states, all the way up to nearly to the Canadian border. And there are people that actually are so into this that they just kind of follow this this cycle. And, and, and it's also in the spring, but it's also in the fall. There's another uh, migratory thing that happens. And so, you know, if you've ever get an opportunity to do it, I really recommend it. And I tell you, this uh, clinic that Wisconsin Women Fish was able to put on, I think we got a seminar with a guide and all sorts of, all these floats and shot and hooks and bait and instructions and maps and everything was like 25 bucks. I mean, where can you meet that? You can't, you know, you can't beat that anywhere. So there's opportunities out there. Hiring a guide is going to up your chance of catching fish by 5,000%. Um, based on our, my significant study the last two years, I've never gone with the guide, so I haven't caught any. But um, I have, last when I did catch my big one, it was with the guide filming a television show. So they made sure that, you know, you got to look good when you're filming a show. So you have to, they have to get you a fish. So they worked really hard for that. And that's my only experience of reeling one in out of the river now. Uh, Rita was here last year, so she's like an old pro, but we do have a brand new person 
that was fishing today and also found success, Lois, big time uh, catcher today. Tell me about what happened with your fishing experience today. Well, I fished with Garrett today and Rita, and uh, we got up bright and early at the before the crack of dawn. Got to Garrett's favorite hole on the Brew River and uh, set up shop. And uh, I used a spinner rod with a float and some split shot on it. And uh, it was in a deep hole with a nice drift, uh, fishing with spawn. And uh, boom, the bobber goes under, you set the hook. Lo and behold, there's a 25-inch steelhead on the other end of the line. And uh, unfortunately, I saw it turn, and the guy bumped it, and it came off. Oh, the heartbreak of defeat. One of the things we talk about, though, is like when you're doing this kind of fishing, having one on your line and feeling that fight, that's why we fish. I mean, it doesn't matter that feeling that you get when you're hooked up with a big fish and it's running and you're fighting it. And what I tell people, any kind of fishing, when you're hooked up, it's like, don't rush that. This is what we're, why we do this. You know, that's the part that you should be savoring and not, it's not a race to get it in as fast as you can. And having that experience, I mean, I can imagine like your heart's beating and you're all excited. Tell me about that piece of it. That's, that's why you steelhead fish. You described it perfectly. Uh, steelhead, I love steel head fishing. I've done it for nine to ten years. I used to live in Michigan and do it all the time with my brothers and dad. So this is my first time fishing in Wisconsin. So uh, yeah, it's the thrill of your life to catch a steelhead. They're most acrobatic fish. And if you land one and actually net one, give yourself a pat on the back because they're the hardest fish you'll ever land. Yeah, I didn't know that you've uh, had that uh, history with steelhead fishing. Whereabouts in Michigan were you steelhead fishing? Uh, you know, the world-famous Pier Marquette, Muskegon, Asabo, Tippy Dam, wow. uh, Grand River, 6th Street. Wow, I'm a youper, you know. I'm a youper, yeah. Up in the, yeah, I grew up in the UP of... Oh, I troll. Lower Michigan, lower Michigan. But that's one of the great things of... Uh, being able to live around the Great Lakes, you know. I mean, we have this resource available to us, you know, that is really unbelievable. And, you know, hats off to you for really getting into it. Now, how did this did this experience on this riverway here on the boat? This is kind of a famous river. I mean, it, they call it the old presidents, old presidents from years ago. And help me out. Anyone else can help me out about which ones, like... Rows of, yeah, in, I don't know, Coolidge. You know, these, these presidents who come up and fish this river, and there's some very historic pieces of this and all sorts of history that you can learn about, but that's how beautiful it is. I mean, it's well, well known for this, and it's one of the probably most sought-out steelhead rivers in the country. How does this, this experience, was this similar to what you've done in the past, or was this different? Uh, similar, very similar to Pier Marquette in Michigan. Uh, high banks, forested area. Got lots of bends, so you have gravel as well as deep holes and some riffles. So three different types of fishing methods. So depending what spot on the river you are, you're going to change your method a little bit to get success in that spot. Well, I know, like, I think from here as the crow flies between uh, where the 
fishing opener starts on the Brule down to Lake Superior. It's about, what, 10 miles approximately, but there's actually 28 miles of fishable river. So that kind of gives you an indication of how that river snakes back and forth. And, you know, you get, um, you know, three times almost area to fish than, uh, than you have in the, if you're, you know, as the crow flies. And um, so... Who else now? Who else was a first timer here? First time ever fishing? Joan. Oh, Joan, because she's got Joan. Joan over here. She's a first timer and she's had double success this weekend. She <laughs> caught. She caught something both days. What'd you catch the first day, Joan? I caught a nice little brown trout. It was really fun. It was my first trout ever. Wow, your first trout ever. Period. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. So that was good time. So was this experience out there fishing, was it what you thought it was going to be? It was pretty much exactly. I've grown up in Wisconsin and followed the rivers a lot, but always walking, never fishing a river. So it was great. It was, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, that's one of the things, you know, just the scenery. You're walking down these paths on the side of the river. And just to, you know, kind of describe what you're looking at, you know, it had been under like four feet of snow up until a, a month ago, and now it's all starting to melt. And these paths that you walk on this along the riverbank, they, they go for miles, and it's just a worn down path by anglers. And the season has only been open for one week, but it's a very well worn down path, and the path is covered with deer poop. That is, you know, I don't know if the deer follow the anglers or the anglers follow the deer. I'm not sure which comes first, but um, it's, you know, it's just so remarkable to be out in that experience. And every corner you turn has some different piece of beauty associated with it. And there's suspension bridges that cross it, and there's there's rapids, and there's deep still holes, and now, today, when you were out there, you caught something else. What would you catch today? Well, I had a great day today. I actually got another fishing pole because I cast out, and I thought I had another log, and I'm yanking on it, and I'm like, oh, crud, I'm going to lose everything, and all of a sudden it pops free, and I got somebody's fishing pole. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How long do you think it had been in the water? had a little bit of rust on it, but, you know, a friend of mine's going to fix it up, she thinks, <laughs> so we'll see. Well, you know, and just think of the, the story that that angler has to go with that fishing rod. Like, oh, I was sitting on the bank, and this giant fish came and took my rod right into the water. And sure enough, you come back the next season, and you catch it. <laughs> yep, I would have rather got the fish, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So we've had a couple other first-timers here. Sandy, it was her first time steelhead fishing. She does a lot of fishing. In fact... She's caught giant rainbow trout, which are steelhead in the big lake, you know, jumping out of the water, you know, on the great in Lake Michigan, fishing with me in the past. How does this uh, stream fishing, how does this feel compared to that? I really enjoyed it. I think this weekend I really got the white people just go fishing, just to relax, just get out of the, the helter-skelter busyness of life. It was like I was happy just to be walking along the trails, casting it. It was beautiful out there. And uh, I didn't catch anything. And I actually lost my rod in the river and got it back by crawling in. <laughs> oh, just think, you, you broke someone's heart. Next, last, next year, someone could have caught that and had a great day. <laughs> but I had a mud butt. 
<laughs> sliding down the bank and basing myself on sticks because I was lucky a branch caught it. And then I had to untangle. I didn't lose anything. I got everything back. But, um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. In fact, we're talking about let's come back. Um, and again, and I'm thinking seriously of bringing my granddaughter up around the, here because she lives in Illinois, and she, I, I've never seen like the kind of beauty in the wilderness that you see up in this area. It's it's really nice. Well, you know, in what when what you wear when you're doing this is you're wearing pretty much chest high waders, you know, which is like kind of difficult to maneuver in depending on you know so we all look like a bunch of i don't know what you know a little gi joe people or something but it's it's kind of a challenge just to be able to you know get the ones that fit and get the boots right and then you know there are times that you have to walk in the water we try to avoid that as much as possible because the water levels were up kind of high but um, it's, uh, it's quite the experience, that's for sure. We're going to have some photos that we're going to share on our, uh, website and our Facebook page, so be sure to, in fact, I even have a photo of a stonefly that Rita took, and, uh, it's, uh, it's quite the experience. Uh, who else did it for the first time? LaVon, you were, no, now, LaVon, it was her first time here i think it was our first event with wisconsin women fish but i could tell by the way you fished that you're an experienced angler because i saw you whipping that out there and you you obviously have done a, quite a bit of fly fishing in the past i haven't done much fishing but i've attended a lot of workshops and practiced that way but um i did take a class from the university one time on fly fishing which covered everything so that was really interesting but I think it's just kind of unnatural for me because I haven't done a lot of fishing. So did it, when you were thinking about coming on this trip, how did, how did what actually happened compare to what you thought was going to happen? It was a lot different than I figured. At one time I did a little trout fishing down southern part of Wisconsin on the little bitty streams. So I had no inkling of what the burl looked like, the back and forth part of it, like you were talking about how long it is compared to how the crow flies. And, uh, you know, I I had no idea really how what it was going to be like. I guess um, never really thought about it until I had this experience, and it was it was an experience that I really loved. I would do it any day, but I've had no idea what it was going to be like till I got here. You know, that's the thing. You know, not only with the podcast, but with these different fishing organizations. You know, providing these opportunities that you wouldn't ordinarily have, and. You get to get out there and have these adventures, and that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, I'm going to um, take a little break right now and uh, turn the recorder off, and we're waiting for the guide who kind of helped teach us this week and to show up here. They're still out on the stream with two other new anglers. I, I want to check in with them when they get in here and see what they have to say. But for right now, I'm just going to shut this off, and I'm going to have my old-fashioned drink that the lady just put in front of me and eat a little dinner and then we'll be back so thank you for just supporting us as you do with the woman angler and adventure facebook page and subscribing to our podcast i'll be back hey welcome back to the women angler and adventure and you know i was out fishing on the bro we're talking about steelhead fishing i was out there uh all day, I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning and like left early and didn't have a headlamp. I was like using my cell phone to guide my way into the stream, which I don't recommend. 
But we ran into these two super guys. You know, what happens is you walk up and down the river, and then you get to a hole, and hopefully it's open. If it's not, there's people there. But people move along, so you kind of wait your turn. And we ended up running into these two guys that, like, were the coolest guys. And I'm sorry I don't remember your name, but if you tell me. Corey Lee Joyce. Corey Lee Joyce is one of them. I'll talk to you first. So you guide on this river, don't you? Yeah, I do. It's uh, kind of a fun river to guide on just because of the variety of fish you can catch. Catching steelhead, browns, the occasional brook trout this time of the year. It's it's just a blast of a river to fish. How long have you been guiding out here? I've only been guiding for a couple of years. I've been fishing the river since the early 80s. So I've I've put my time on the river before I decided to start guiding a little bit so i know uh we were we were out we stopped where these guys were some of my friends that were out with us were there before we were and uh they uh you guys were so helpful you know and this is the thing about fishing you know i talk about this all the time how for so many years years ago you'd ask some guy about fishing he wouldn't tell you anything he's like oh i'm telling you nothing it's you know you gotta pay your dues whatever and you guys were so helpful to us and actually tied flies we rig re-rig first showed us exactly where to cast because there's so many variables in this sport if you, you know if you don't cast exactly where you're supposed to the chances of getting a bite are slim to none so thank you guys first of all for doing it now how often are you helping everyone or did you just feel sorry for us try to be helpful as much as possible just because catching fish is the enjoyment of it getting out is most of it for me but you know i want to show people how to do it properly and where the lies are and where to avoid especially in the area we were fishing today just because the beavers have really made a mess of that area of the river and we've been fishing it the last couple of weeks so we kind of figured out where there was clear area to fish away from all the beaver chewings and their feed pile and the and the down treetops that we've found from this winter. Well, you know, that's a good point because I'm walking on the trail along the river and I'm thinking, oh, cool, how cool is that? Look at that beaver, cut, chew that tree. It's so pretty, I'm going to take a picture. But what you don't realize is after the beaver chews the tree and it's all pretty, the marking on the tree and everything, it leaves a lot of devastation. So uh, tell me about that. You know, you, I, I... Somebody told me that you were the guys that was checking depths with a Vexlar sonar phone. And uh, tell me about that whole process. Well, we, we tie it on to a, we used a musky casting rod just with heavy, heavy spider wire on it so we could keep control over the, the sonar device itself. We were just trying to map out the hole that we prefer to fish in when, when we can get into it to try to get away from some of those treetops because the beavers didn't quite eat their whole feed stash for the winter and it's uh, really changed that area of the river. 
So the river has these naturally occurring holes in them, and that's where the fish, you try to fish. And that's where you try to locate the holes. And you're trying to locate them based on what the water looks like as the river is running down. And uh, so now these holes that you've been fishing for a number of years, you know, there's a hole here on this bend, and a lot of these holes are actually named on a local map that they've made. But now this year, all of a sudden, something is different. In this apparatus you're talking about, and I'm quite familiar with it because I've done some work with Vexlar in the past, this Vexlar sonar phone. A lot of times if you're kayak fishing, you can pull this behind your kayak. It'll give you depth. It'll mark fish. It links right to your cell phone, so you have this um, kind of this sonar graph right on your cell phone. But I've never even thought to use it to check the depths in a steelhead stream. That, uh, that I think, is brilliant. <laughs> I, I'm, I hope we aren't the first people who have thought about doing it just because of the advantage it gives you in, in learning where the fish are going to be in the river. shows you the deep cuts and the boulders. And like in this instance, we were just looking more for the trees on where to avoid. But it still shows where the fish should be. I use it behind my kayak quite a bit on the, I fish a lot of our designated trout lakes out of my kayak and I, that's where I use it. And we said, huh, wonder how deep this hole is in the river. <laughs> this, is, this is definitely the way to find out. Phone. You know, I, I, and I, I've been looking for this woman. Now, we're in uh, Iron River, Wisconsin, or Brule, Wisconsin. Brule, Wisconsin. And we, I was here four years ago, and we met this gal that we talked to on the bridge right over there for US2. Her name is Jenna Penny. She's kind of this local legend, you know, steelhead angler. And she told us that what she does is in the summer, after the current goes down, it's not raging, she will actually get into a life jacket and get in the river and float the river and then figure out where these holes are. And if she comes across a hole, she'll get out and mark it on a tree that no one else will know what the mark is. So has, she has all these holes kind of marked, this kind of secret kind of technique. And I thought that was brilliant. I tried to get her to come down here and talk to me on the show today, but she still may show up, but uh, I haven't seen, seen her yet. But, but to be able to, that's kind of that's hardcore. To be able to do that type of mapping from the shore by casting out this lime green pod that floats down the stream and gives you the sonar readouts right on your smartphone, I think is brilliant. And I, I'm kicking myself for never thinking of that before. And somebody told me, I thought, oh, I bet they had a Vexlar sonar phone. And sure enough, you did. Well, and we didn't even use the cell phone. We used a tablet, so we had a big screen to look at. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So now you guys are out there mapping the stream with your laptop in the Vexlar sonar phone. That's brilliant. That is just brilliant. It's a lot of fun. It's part of the enjoyment. You have to get out, and we did it the day before the season opened, so we were scouting the river for conditions and, and looking at what the water was like and taking, taking water temps. Water temp can be another big key, except in this weekend it's not going to matter. We're pretty cold and high and dark, but we're, you know, in the scouting process, it's just a new tool to have. 
You know, one of the things that people are talking about this weekend that, you know, is they go to some website to check the flow. Uh, what website is that? Are you familiar with what they're checking? It's the USGS site, and they're checking the, there's a gauge that shows river height and cubic feet per second for flow. So it, it gives you a very good idea of the how turbid the water is and what, over the years, we've been able to learn the, the flow that we prefer to fish in. Well, you know, I, in, what I found today is that changes so fast. I mean, from what we fished this morning to what we fished this afternoon, the, the river definitely changed. I mean, with the rain and the runoff and stuff, all of a sudden these levels are coming up, and that changes the fishing, I, you know, no matter where you're fishing. I mean, those are all factors, but I think it's even more important when you're steelhead fishing. Now, um, there was an, another guy here that you two were fishing, you and your buddy were fishing together, and I can't remember your name, so please help me out tell me your name. Andy Dargetts. Andy. Andy kind of took pity on me and helped me out and hooked up this special fly that he tied on my line. So were you surprised to see this group of women coming down there and being all on their own? No, I think it's great. This is a perfect river for everybody. So do you, how many women do you see in passing? Like, uh, was this like, oh my gosh, look at that, a bunch of women, or was it something you see all the time? There's women on this river that fish really well. That's awesome. You know, can you give me their phone number? <laughs> I wanted to, I want them to sign up for the club. I mean, I mean, it's just such a, don't you think it's a subculture? I was talking about that earlier about how steelhead anglers, you know, you don't see any litter really. They're, they're, they travel from, you know, all the tributaries through Wisconsin and Michigan to kind of chase this fish. Are you kind of hooked on that as well? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's, you know, and I just got to say thank you for sharing. I mean, you tied, you tied one of your hand-tied flies on my rod. You're, you helped us out. And, you know, when you guys are helping us like that, you, you don't get to fish either. So I, I really want to thank you for reaching out and telling us where should we should be casting and helping us out as much as you did this morning. You're more than welcome. Anytime. We enjoy doing that. Yeah. It's, you know, generally speaking, steelhead anglers, I think, are a bunch of really nice guys and, uh, Nice women, and I, I didn't see one woman today. I was kind of bummed. Other people said that they saw women going. To, you know, I just saw, I just saw our gals. I didn't see any of any other gals. That, three other women out there today. Really, that's awesome. You know, and that's what we want. We want to kind of change the culture where all of a sudden, you know, if you do see a woman on the stream, it's not a big deal. It's like you don't even think twice. It doesn't even come into your mind. And we're not quite to that point, but I think we're getting there. We're getting closer, and that's what it's all about. And uh, Melissa's here just off the stream. It's after dark, and she just got in off the stream. How was your experience today? It was awesome. We had 10 hours of fishing, and it was so much fun, and I caught a great brown. Nice, nice. Is it what you thought it was going to be? No, it's actually way cooler than I thought it would be. Everybody here has been awesome. Like, the, all the women are so helpful and so much fun, and everybody just wants to learn and have a good time together, and it's, it's been great. I loved it. I know that you talked about um, you had fished quite a bit with your son. 
in the past, and he ties flies. So you, you kind of had a hint of this culture in the past. So, I mean, one time you, I, I heard you were talking about a previous timeout. You caught 17 fish in one day. Like, I want to be there on one of those days. How, do, how, how does that even happen? Well, you got to start with a 21-year-old son who's obsessed with fishing and lives near the rivers. <laughs> that helps a lot. I bet it does. I, well, I'm, I'm so glad that you guys are just beaming. I can tell that besides being exhausted from being up since the 5 o'clock in the morning that, you know, I'm glad you had a great day. Now, one other gal here just in off the stream, Michelle. Michelle, now you were, you've been the star kind of. You've been the rookie of the weekend, I think. Because I caught one on the first cast very first cast in the river she catches a brown trout how did that go that was a team effort um jan had brought melissa and i down and she said told us what to look for and what the hot spots were and i my line was already rigged so i said can i just drop it in here and she said sure and had one on the first cast and that's the kiss of death for me because usually usually it's downhill from there but it was just gorgeous being out there on the river and we learned a lot and uh you know, we were out there for 10 hours. We walked 7.4 miles and uh, were exhausted, but wouldn't change a thing. So did you, uh, is this the first time you were ever steelhead fishing or did you do this before? No, I was with Melissa and actually we caught 18 in that day. Oh, wow. So you were part of that epic yeah. trip that, you, so were you here trying to top that? No, we knew we would never top that. So we're just trying to get at least one more. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a great experience and uh, it's uh that's what it's all about, you know, helping each other. And first this group was very helpful. Like, um, oh Joan and Jan, they just, they were so patient with us. And it's really an impressive group. And she said that they always like to try to help teach people that come that are new. And they really took the time with us. And Garrett was fantastic. He re-rigged us 20 times. Like I said, I never even heard you swear underneath your breath because <laughs> it would have killed me. Well, the people that were fishing me with me didn't hear me swear under my breath. They heard me screaming at the top of my lungs when I when I got my third uh, float in a row in the tree and had to retie. So, uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's not easy. So, thank you guys for talking to me today and for every fish you get here, very hard. It's the hardest fishing there is, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So uh, stay tuned. We have one more person to talk to on this episode, and that's the guide that we hired to help the group give the seminar and get us started over here. And we'll be right back with Garrett Sears. Well, to wrap up our Steelhead episode, you know, we have to talk to the man, the man, the guide, who's been helping me out for the last couple of years. It's uh, sl- I not go that far, but thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Slab Seeker Guide we Service. Sure hard, but it, it wasn't easy today. We, My back hurts, my arms hurt, my neck hurts. We sure tried hard. I fished from, I got up at 4, and I just got here at 7.15 to the restaurant to have dinner. It was We put in our hours today, but it was tough. It was a tough fight. It is, you know, and uh, this is Garrett I'm talking to from the guide service. He He's a well-known steelhead guide kind of in this uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin area. But he's also a big bluegill guide, uh, winter year-round, you know, slab seeker guide service. It's those big gills. I've known uh, Garrett for a number of years, and uh, 
I saw some of these steelhead trips that he's done. He actually guided me and Larry Smith Outdoors to do a television show. That's where I first That's uh, how this all started. It. Yeah, before we uh, ever did this women's event, we met up and did that Larry Smith show. And I remember you saying, like, I got to get the gals up here to do this. This would be such an awesome event. And I remember telling you, we talked about that tonight, that how are we going to make that work logistically to bring a big group of, of gals up here to do this? And you're like, I got a plan. We're going to make this happen. We'll split up into small groups, conquer and destroy. And this is our second annual year of doing it. It's been a fun event. It has been. You know, and what what uh, Garrett does is he'll take uh, two people at a time, but we don't want to just limit it to what he can take. So... The girls that have come up here in the past and have had a little bit of ex experience, you know, we kind of divide up based on physical ability and how much you want to hike and stuff, and then they pair up, and, I mean, p those gals are having a blast. They are having a lot of fun. I can't tell all the secrets, but the uh, gals I had out tonight had told me they went out this morning with a, a, a lady who had been here last year, and I think they had more fun with her fishing than they did with me. <laughs> I didn't have any Crown Royal. I didn't have any uh, venison sticks. <laughs> and uh, I heard a lot about the uh, experience they had with her. They had a lot of fun. It, it, uh, it's, it's just kind of neat to see, like, the people that came last year, like, we got some ideas. Here we go. And they'll take out a new group independently, and uh, and they'll have a lot of fun, and they'll hook some fish. It's, it's awesome. You know, Rita um, is 76, and she came up last year. I guided her for a full day, and we worked so hard. And she had been communicating with me before the event and uh, was more excited about doing this than anybody else. And so I, I just wanted Rita to catch a wild Lake Superior steelhead more than anything. Well, we couldn't get it done. Um, I, I had another lady with her that ended up hooking a couple fish, but, you know, just luck or whatever you have it, Rita didn't get one that day. Well, she came out the next morning. Her roommate... Uh, was was sick, not feeling well, and, and didn't come with her. So at 77, she walked all the way down to the spot that I had taken her, started making drifts and hooked a, a wild steelhead all by herself, found a, a random person that had been crossing the river, seen you know the battle going on ensuing, and uh, grabbed his net, netted the fish for her, took pictures. And so it's really an awesome event. Uh, just the things, uh, watching everybody grow as a steelheader and uh, the camaraderie, it's, it's really been a fun, fun run, and I'm glad we put this on. It's uh, one of the highlights of my spring season for sure. Yeah, and you know, and I think we have new people that come in every year and are like, oh my gosh, you know, and even the people that have come in the past, everyone's learning so much. And, you know, before you got here, I was talking to people about what a subculture it is. It's, ki sure. it's kind of a unique kind of a thing. You never see any litter. People are kind of targeting these massive fish and these pristine streams, and it's kind of a different type of angling. For sure. And, you know, everybody has a big respect for the fish, too. We talked about that this morning. It's just everybody's fish handling skills. You never see people here, you know, rip a fish up on the bank through the mud or grab them by the gills. Um, you know, even new steelheaders are just so careful with these fish and they, you know, hold them nicely, you know, grab their tail and support their stomach and get a couple quick photos and are really quick to get them back in the water. And uh, it's just cool to see how people respect the resource, respect the, the land on the brule. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fun thing to do if you've never done it. So this is part of a national forest? Yeah. So the Brule River is um, mostly national forest, and I think that's what sets this fishery apart versus, like, when you look at the Pierre Marquette and some of those big Michigan trout streams is there's so much private water. There's very little stuff the average person can just hop in their car and go wade. But up here, it's the opposite. You can hop in your vehicle, and there's 
over 16 uh, angler parking lots on the river specifically designed for anglers to go and hike around in the state forest. Uh, you can have campfires. You can uh, drink Crown Royal. You can have beef sticks. You can uh, fish for the steelhead. You can have a great time and enjoy nature and uh, see some beautiful wild lake superior fish. Well, I tell you, we have some great pictures from this weekend. We have some great pictures from last year. And, you know, it doesn't matter where you live in this country. This is a fishing experience that everybody really should participate in at some point because you'll, you won't find anything of it. And I'm a salmon nut on the Great Lakes, but this is different. This is test you in so many ways. And you're tested that much. Success is all the sweeter. For sure. And just all the miles that everybody put on today. <clears throat> We put on, and with my evening guide trip tonight, we put on seven miles. Um, one of the people had a, a pedometer on. Seven miles and uh, over 300 stair steps we put on tonight. So uh, you can work, and you don't have to work that hard, but it's just, uh, you know, it's a real active thing to do, too. You can walk around, check stuff out, fish a little here, fish a little there, get some exercise, kind of burn off some of that cabin fever from sitting around all winter. and uh, It's a lot of fun. I really look forward to it all year. Yeah, I mean, I, I practiced, practiced for this. I was shed hunting to get in shape for steelhead fishing. Yeah, so that worked for me. So, Garrett, I have the utmost respect for you. If somebody wants to get a hold of you to go on a steelhead trip, either spring or fall, or get one of these 11-inch bluegills, how can they get a hold of you? Well, my website is uh, slabseekerfishing.com, like slab, like a big crappie, S-L-A-B. Otherwise, my cell phone number is 320-428-5174. Garrett, another successful Wisconsin Women Fish steelheading event. Again, it's always... It's tougher a- than last year, but I think we had more fun, honestly. So it, it doesn't necessarily equate to the fishing either. We, we hooked some wild steelhead. It was a challenge. We earned every fish, but I think the camaraderie and stuff was a level up from last year, and so I actually consider this year probably more fun than we had before. It was good. It is good. And thank you so much for being on the show, the Women Angler and Adventure. And thank you for supporting us. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast and liking us on Facebook. And we will be back next week with a brand new topic.